When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Libro FM. Get two books for the price of one with your first month of membership using the code BOOKSTACKED. Again, use promo code BOOKSTACKED when you start your membership at Libro.fm. Or check the show notes for a quick link to get started. Offer only valid for new members in the US and Canada. Cool. Okay, how do we start one of these? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bookmark, a YA book podcast. We are excited to have you with us today. My name is Spencer Miller, and I will be acting as an impromptu host of this episode. While some of our regular hosts are off touring the globe, with me today we have Mary. Hello. And we have Eleanor. Hi. And all three of us are so excited to record an episode today with some of our reactions to uh, the Heartstopper Netflix series that we're so excited to talk about. Just before we, we dive into that, we, we were just mentioning before we started recording, I hinted that some of us are off touring the globe. Our fearless leader, Saul, is in Europe right now. And Eleanor had the chance to meet up with Saul after years and years of long-term friendship online and working together on Bookstack. So, Eleanor, do you, are you comfortable sharing some of what that was like? I think that's such a neat story. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, so Saul and I have known each other since 2014 um, when I started writing for the website. And we've never met because we live pretty much on opposite corners of the globe. But yeah, he was kind enough to spend a little bit of time coming to meet me. Um, and he's gone to meet our other writer, Michael, as well, while he's over here. So yeah, it was really nice. He came into where I work. I sort of told him a little bit about like my job and where I work. And it was just nice to have a chat in person. And very strange, very surreal to see someone in person for the first time when you've known them for so long as like, a figure on a screen yeah for it to be like in real life was just it was very cool I'm very very pleased that we got to do it and I hope that that's not the last time that we ever meet that'll be nice <laughs> to see each other again somewhere someday <laughs> yeah that's awesome I'm so glad you got to do that and yeah hopefully we all cross paths at some point in our futures mm-hmm. as spread out as we all are um, I'm excited maybe on a future episode Saul and Michael will will share some of uh of their experience too. But for today, we are going to be talking about Heartstopper. So I'm going to read a little bit of an intro here that I stole from Wikipedia. So Heartstopper is a Netflix series that is based on the webcomic and graphic novel of the same name by Alice Osman, starring Kit Connor and Joe Locke. It tells the story of Charlie Spring, a gay schoolboy who falls in love with someone he sits next to in his new form, Nick Nelson. While also exploring the lives of Charlie and Nick's friends, Tao, El, Tara, Darcy, and Isaac. The series immediately jumped into Netflix's top 10 ratings and is 100% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's gotten a lot of hype. 
Uh, I can tell you that some of my students skipped school on the day that the show was released to stay home and binge the series. And I was quite jealous of them. And they've been talking about it all week long. So I will offer a spoiler warning uh, off the top, of course, as we discuss some of our reactions. We'll, we'll be talking all about the series, things that stuck out to us, things that we enjoyed. But just before we dive into a main discussion, I was wondering if, Eleanor, are you able to explain to us what a form is? What is form class? I had no idea. <laughs> I saw this question on the on the dock and I was just I was really thrown that that, that was a question. And I went, oh, my God, how am I going to explain this? Um. A form is basically like a little class of that's like your home where you so at the beginning of every day you go to your form room your classroom with like depends how big your school is but ours is like 30 students and you'll like have the register taken in the morning it's literally only like 15 minutes of your day just somewhere that you have like a base and that'll be yeah where you start every day and where you finish every day obviously in Heartstopper they have multiple years in one form our school didn't did that we had like very big year groups so the year group will be split up into like five different forms I think just to keep track of everybody basically and just to make sure everyone was where they should be and where to find people as well in the day but yeah so do you not do you just like go straight to your first class in the day and that's you just go for it I had I had something like that it was something called homeroom but I don't think we took attendance there I think it was like a 15 or 20 minute thing and then off to your next class and that that was it yeah I've heard of the concept of of home rooms I never had one in my my high school just the bell would go and you would just go to your first class so that's why I was I was thrown off by this form system but honestly it sounds like fun and it's interesting in the show that they had students from different years different grades in the same room interacting with each other I can see that as an interesting setup for the story I can see why Alice went with that as a way for for Charlie and Nick to meet awesome so anyway thank you Eleanor for providing your your expertise on that so before we we dive into the show I also wanted to check in not that it matters very much to our discussion of the show but have either of you read any part of the comics had you heard of Heartstopper before this big Netflix release or is this all something that just the hype has caught us all off guard I don't know <laughs> so I've not read the book well I've flipped through the books I've not like properly read them I had heard of Heartstopper before if you've heard me on the podcast before I've recommended and I reviewed one of Alice Oseman's other books, um, Loveless, which I really, really enjoyed a few years ago. And I'd heard a lot of the hype actually recently. As soon as it came out, like the books in our shop were just flying off the shelves even before release date. So I just thought I'd give it a go, see what it was about. And I watched the first episode and went, yep, I'm going to watch every single other episode as soon as I possibly can. No, I had not like read or heard anything about it. I didn't even though this was a thing the closest I got before we had been discussing this podcast was seeing an article pop up on my Facebook saying people are raving about this hundred percent like rotten tomato thing I'm just like (laughs) okay so Netflix is probably going to cancel this in a few weeks but you know it it was really enjoyable I really liked it so I'm probably going to give the comics a try yeah, you're right that Netflix has this reputation, Mary. Ooh, I hope that this gets renewed. We'll we'll talk more about our hopes for a season two at the end of, of the episode. I have read the comics. I can't remember when I started with them, but I, I started after they had been published in graphic novel form. Um, I do believe the original series is still available free online as a webcomic, which is great if you're interested in checking it out in that format. 
but I got into the graphic novel series and have really enjoyed them all. So I was was excited about the show. And like I said, I had some students who were also excited about it. And it was fun to, to hear them buzzing in the weeks leading up to its release. So I wanted to, to just start with what were some of your first reactions um, as soon as you finished watching the show? What type of, of feeling were you left with? What was your response? What was your just immediate initial reactions and response to the show? I just loved it. <laughs> I think my immediate response is very heartwarming, even though it deals with a lot of like tough issues throughout. It just felt very wholesome and very well thought through and very well considered. I think Alice Oseman is a fantastic writer from what I have read of hers she brings a lot of thought into everything that she writes and it's really very clear that she's had a lot a lot of input in the in the Netflix series yeah I was just kind of left feeling very happy and like a little a little glow inside very satisfied and just quite impressed to be honest I was just like I need more I need more than eight episodes this better get renewed soon because I just found all the characters interesting Definitely. Yeah. And I love the way that this series explored so many different uh, aspects of the the queer experience and that there was such a, a range of, of different LGBTQ characters. I know with our panel on the show right now, we, we, we personally can't speak to um, all the different types of representation that are in the show. But from the response that I've seen online, everyone seems to be very happy with the way that different identities were represented and that they made a, a specific point of, you know, naming the fact that Nick is is bisexual and not gay and how that takes him a little bit longer to kind of realize and, and how he explores that through his, his Google searches and conversations. Um, uh, I love looking at uh, some of the trans characters and the role that they play and the way that their friends support them. That was, you know, one of my immediate takeaways. And I saw a lot of this type of response online as I was thinking of students at my school that this is just such a, a wonderful, wonderful show for the queer community and for young queer kids who are growing up to see this type of representation on TV that was heartwarming and, and just wholesome and so much fun. I also, as a fan of the graphic novel series, was really pleased with the adaptation. I love that it felt very true to the series. There were a few little changes here and there to uh, particularly in the ending to give it more of a, a TV exciting kind of big ending. But I love that it captured this really um, sweet vibe from the, the comic series, uh, the way that they used little animated flourishes throughout the show and included little times like panels and the way that they would cut between scenes. I love those little details that really tied things back to Alice Osman's work. She even had a cameo at the very end of the series. She was on the bus or the train that they take to the beach. She was one of the passengers sitting next to Nick and Charlie. So I think she was directly involved in some of the writing and producing of the series. So it just felt very true to her original image. And so I love that. It just felt exactly what fans were hoping for. Um, so up next, I, I wanted to go through some of our favorite moments and characters from the series. I thought maybe we would start with with favorite moments, was there a highlight of the series, a particular scene or episode? You can have more than one, but something that, that stuck out to you that you really loved. I have one that's like an overall thing that sort of relates a little bit back to what you were saying just before, Spencer, is how, I don't know how to explain this, but it's, it is very wholesome. Whereas like most TV series, when there's something dramatic happening, like in the little scenes where Charlie is being like bullied or harassed by these other boys, in any other TV series, you'd expect the worst to happen or there'd be the miscommunication trope or, you know, anything like that that would force Nick and Charlie apart. But every single opportunity where traditional 
I air quote traditional TV shows would go to so discord and to like just frustrate you and keep the niceness apart Heartstopper doesn't do that at every single opportunity it shows good communication and it shows healthy relationships and I just thought it was really really well done and I was kind of annoyed at myself at how surprised I was that a TV show could be so good like as in genuinely morally good and be so clever at depicting healthy relationship especially healthy LGBTQ plus relationships for the younger generation I just thought it was fantastic and I really really admire how they did that. I have two moments that I really enjoyed and one of them was when the sister was comforting Nick and you had seen her throughout a few episodes like big sister magic I think she called it and it was hilarious and then she gets you get this moment with her that is this non-funny moment and she's just comforting her brother because she knows how much he needs that right now and how much that he needs somebody to cry or like be reassured he's good in this fact so that was kind of nice for me and then the other part was and I do not condone violence I do not condone this at all but the episodes or the episode where Charlie just kind of hits his quote-unquote friend Harry and then also later Tao hit think it's Harry so Harry gets decked in twice in one episode and I don't condone violence at all but I just found that hilarious and I was just like okay well the dude kind of deserves it well, I love the way that the series kind of dealt with the fallout of that violence. Um, it's uh, Nick, sorry, um, Nick punches Harry. And it's okay. <laughs> Those two boys are so close. But I love the way that it's not gratuitous. Like Nick isn't happy about it. He he seems to be very almost disappointed in himself. And I love to I love Charlie's concern um, following up for that moment. And that Charlie was like, you don't need to do that for me. I'm not asking you to be violent for me. Again, tying back to what Eleanor was saying about just how healthy and this relationship is and how good these boys are at communicating. And it reflects so well on their relationship that they're not you know, super possessive of each other, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I agree with you, Mary. It was exciting to see this type of a teen moment that is so common in, in teen series, right? The moment where the bully finally gets punched in the face. But I think that this show also did it really well in showing some of the falling out of that and and how that the characters, you know, didn't didn't love it, right? Didn't love it. They wanted to move on from it. Didn't want that to have to be a part of their lives. One of the the highlights in the series for me was a scene early on, one of the first few times that the boys hang out and it snows. It's like the first snowfall or a big snowfall and they just go outside and play in the snow. And the way that that scene was shot was just so beautiful. And just the music, the lighting, it was just very bright and just very idyllic. And that moment stuck out to me so much because later on in the series, Nick comments and says that that was like one of his favorite days or like just one of the best days that he's ever had and it was just so sweet and it just ties again into the relationship I loved the way that the two boys interacted and it was a comment that Nick's mom makes at one point where she she notices and she tells Nick I love that you seem to really be able to be yourself around Charlie and so that was just part of my favorite thing was to just watch Nick come into himself and get to be himself and explore these new parts of himself and the way that Charlie makes him so comfortable to 
to just be who he is. So that's one of my my highlight moments. I would like to highlight the way that they show Nick trying to figure out his sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. Because for anyone who has experienced this part of growing up of, oh, I think maybe I'm not straight. It was done so well. It's very clearly been heavily inspired by people who have actually gone through this exact phase. And I just, it was just brilliant because all of the Google searches, all of the things he was doing, it's like, yeah, I've done that. Or I know someone that's done that. Or it just, it felt so, so, so real. And even though you know that it's not, I just was really appreciative of the way that they showed his character development in that sense and the way that it is so true to life. And there's a scene which you may have seen people talk about um, online where Nick is watching Pirates of the Caribbean. That is a very, (laughs) very integral moment in a lot of young LGBTQ plus people's lives. Um, And I just you just it's so relevant it's just so fantastically done um yeah amazing yeah how they showed nick's journey of of questioning and and i think it's so important i i I don't identify uh, as gear bisexual but even when i was growing up you would have found similar questions in my google searches just i think it's very very healthy and very normal for young people to have questions about their sexuality and and to be questioning and trying to figure out you know who they are and what they like and so i love that uh the show really put that on display and and just showed healthy ways for for to ask those questions and um and to talk to to their friends about it and parents about it and you know teachers trusted people in your lives i think that's so great for for kids to see that and the way that they did it with the really humorous twist like you said with the pirates of the caribbean scene that had me cracking up (laughs) as he's watching with his mom and uh, looking back and forth at both characters on the screen yeah it was perfect and and to go off that as well of the healthy relationships with the parents I think in a lot of earlier media you see a lot of um, LGBTQ plus people in media have these really horrific experiences with coming out to their parents or their friends or whatever and again in this sense it's done well and it's it's showing you that you know you can trust people and and it's not the case for everybody and it's it's devastating that that is still the case for a lot of people but to actually depict in the media Nick's mum hugging him and being just an amazing person or as decent a parent as you should be, that should be the baseline reaction. But showing that and showing how Charlie's family are just there, you know, they don't have a lot of screen time, but every time they are there, they're just like these little beacons of hope, I think, and a little bit of light. Yeah, really nice. One other highlight for me, and I don't even know why it was such a highlight, but I just love the scene when they go bowling. Absolutely love the bowling episode. I, I think mainly because part part of what I like about the series as a whole, and, and the scene was very representative of it, is it also just felt very true to life. So often in these teen shows, if you're watching something like shows I grew up watching, like in the OC or One Tree Hill or something, it just wasn't reflective to teenage life at all um even these days watching riverdale or reading twilight or something like that's just that wasn't my experience whatsoever and so seeing this bowling scene was more true that's how i would have spent my birthday parties as a kid would have gone to the bowling alley would have come up with silly names for my friends on the screen you know we would have cheered when someone threw a strike just to see them interacting in those ways and um it was also a great way for Nick to be introduced to the to Charlie's friends and that was such a big moment and 
uh, again, part of what I liked about the series as a whole was how these friendships played a role in this romance. Again, dissimilar to the series that I grew up with, like in Twilight, when you think of how uh, possessive Edward is or something, those are the relationships that I saw growing up was uh, these two people commit to each other for eternity and cut everybody else out of their life, it feels like sometimes. Whereas in this show, you really saw the way that all the friends were involved and supportive of Charlie and wanted to make sure that Nick was a good guy. And and even though Tao, of course, maybe maybe took things too far in, in his protective nature of Charlie, was really being a good friend and, um, and that it took time for them to all warm up to each other. And I think that's, again, very true to life. When my friend started dating somebody, it was you know, weird at first to have somebody hanging around with us and takes time to warm up. So I love that just very simple, very real teenager moments in, in a bowling alley. Um, but did you have a a favorite character, either of you, or a character that, that stood out that you want to, that we should talk about and give some love to? First of all, I really love the parents. I know Eleanor talked about this a little bit earlier, but I honestly really loved how they were saying, you know, you can come talk to me, like, you don't have to hide any anything from me. Whenever Charlie got dropped off somewhere, his dad said, just call me if you need anything. And how when he was picked up, he his dad barely asked any questions. So when Charlie got picked up from that party, I don't think his dad asked more than two or three questions when other parents you've seen in media will be like asking all of these questions in the car. And then when they're at home, they're being like, okay, wait, hold on. We haven't finished this conversation. We're going to talk about this later. And these parents, I think were just wonderful because I remember having that kind of conversation with my parents where it was just like, okay, pick me up or let me know if something goes wrong and you need me to pick you up. And so I really loved, again, goes back to that healthy relationship kind of idea. And I think, and I love Tao so much because I think for me, he was the most relatable character for the fact that, you know, you see friendships falling apart all, all the time and, having and him having to navigate or help Charlie navigate that boundary or that time between okay when do you hang out with your friends and when do you hang out with your boyfriend was just kind of taking a toll on everybody but I really I don't really really like the way that Tao handled it I thought he could have handled it much better much better than he did but I think Tao at least for me was the most relatable in the fact that friendships fall apart but at the same time you can handle it better but things do happen that you do need to discuss I love Tao's character. The way that they gave attention to, to that conflict in a friendship, I think is, again, so great in learning how to resolve those those conflicts because they happen, of course, all the time. You you get into disagreements or arguments where you feel like you're drifting apart from friends and, and that can hurt and be painful just as much as like a breakup. And I think you see that there's a short maybe window of one or two episodes when Charlie and Tao are basically broken up and you see both of them are really hurting from it. So I thought that was really well done. Person that we haven't really spoken about though is Tara. 
a I don't know how big it is in the books or the comics but obviously we've got the whole Tara and Darcy storyline which focuses primarily on Tara and I just think we deserve a little a little chat about them because that was amazing also covering so many more issues as well within this great story but I really liked that it focused in on Tara's journey to begin with I don't know if it will develop late in later series but how she's you know she's with Darcy they you know they're in a really great relationship but she wants to stop hiding who she is and I like that we see that transition of her being a bit more open with their relationship and how she has to deal with that and the the repercussions of that and how again her and Darcy continue to communicate about it and figure it out together. Tara and Darcy are just a wonderful example of, of just how great the representation in this show is because first of all it's awesome like named representation that they specifically talk about being lesbian and I know that it's it's important to use those terms in order to really give representation to those identities and the fact that they show multiple experiences of what it's like coming out and being in a in a lesbian relationship because Darcy is a little bit more comfortable and, and is able to to deal with some of the the negative attention that is thrown at them whereas Tara is kind of made uncomfortable at times by the attention given to their relationships and so you see them having to navigate kind of two different experiences of of coming out. I also love 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 that Tara is the first person that I guess outside of Charlie of course that Nick comes out to and that was so sweet that they ha- had that connection um in the show they um they kiss at a party or something when they're like 13 years old, Nick and Tara. And then later, of course, both realize that they have differing sexualities. And so they can connect over that fact. And that was so exciting that that moment when Nick kind of comes out the way that she's able to make him comfortable. You're totally right, Eleanor, that uh, she deserves some love and uh, and attention in this in this conversation. Another character from that friend group that we haven't spoken about too much that I really loved, of course, was Elle and her journey to start at a new school and her concerns about making friends and if she'd fully be accepted and the way that she has to learn to put herself out there and be willing to to reach out and make the first connection. Again, I thought was was really great. And I love the way that she slowly starts to realize her feelings for Tao. And I know we'll, we'll talk about what we're looking forward to in season two, but it seems like we'll see hopefully the two of them getting together or, you know, or connecting at some point. So that was very exciting too. And again, giving more representation to a trans identity and showing another side and another experience. Can I just say how much I love Isaac? Because he probably yes. has like five minutes of screen time for like 10 minutes, maybe total in eight episodes. Yet you just see him like on text or with a book. And I think it's Charlie, the one that says, I think he figured it out like two minutes after it happened or something. I was just like, this is one of the greatest characters and he's barely in the show. Yes, you're so right. The efficiency of the writing, right? He has like two lines, but he's a top tier character in this show. I also love his books. And I saw a Twitter thread where someone had shared all of the books that he's reading. Like they're, of course, all real books. And it was so, so interesting to see all the books that Isaac is reading. And again, a really great representation of an everyday teenager because I knew kids like that. And at times I was that kid who just carried a book everywhere. And I love that. One other character I'll give a shout out to is Mr. Johnny, the teacher and i always just love to see a nice friendly supportive teacher and he was great comic relief and did a great job in providing a safe space for charlie to to eat his lunch and and i just thought that that was very sweet as well 
Before we, we move on to what we're looking forward to or hoping for in a season two, did we have any criticisms or critiques of the show? I know we all quite loved it, but wanted to leave a space in case we had any any feedback or anything we we wanted to say that was more critical. Um, the only thing that kind of struck me at first was it felt a little bit awkward at first. And it some scenes kind of made me cringe a little bit when... Like none in particular, but just every now and then it just felt a little bit cringy. And then I went, hold on. No, this is exactly what it is like to be a 14, 15 year old in high school. It is a little bit cringy sometimes. And it is a little bit like, you know, when you think back to being that age, I think when you're living it, it's completely fine. But when you think back to being that age, you get that little, oh, was I really, was I like that really? And then you go, actually, yeah, I was. And that's fine. That's just what being a kid is. And again, even even though it was making me like, reevaluate my own perspective of my own like childhood and teenage years again done really well because it's just so real Mm -hmm. yeah you are correct in that my teenage experience was just one long period of cringe that happens (laughs) i think my only criticism i kind of mentioned it off the top is is that they definitely somebody somewhere some netflix exec asked alice osman to give it a little bit more of a tv ending some of the the final scenes the big sports day which Eleanor, you have to tell us, I don't know if that's a common thing, but again, I was, what's a sports day? Why are they all out playing sports all day at school? Sounds like sort of fun, but also sort of torturous. Oh, it's um, absolutely torturous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that is a, a real thing that happens. Oh, it's a thing, yeah, yeah. Um, every summer, usually towards the end of the year, for some bizarre reason, schools over here have decided that we must be forced into sport as a school event. It's the kind of thing, like, you know, when in the scene where the PE teacher the sports teacher is like trying to get them to sign up for events that is exactly what it's like because half the events you never do like javelin at school you never do shop but you never do any of this stuff and then it comes to sports day and your PE teacher is like right we've got to get someone on the javelin someone's got to throw this frisbee like someone's got to do this you've never done it a day in your life and yet at the end of the year everyone's got to do something everyone has to participate whether you're good at it or not you have to do an event and again it's just if you ever want for anyone that doesn't live in the UK if you ever want an insight into school life in the UK this show is it this is it it's yeah it's horrific I was just gonna say that Tao was talking about GCSEs can, can I ask what that is <laughs> yeah so your GCSEs are the exams that we do when you're 16 around 16 so it's like your fifth year of high school you do these exams and that's that you just have to do it I don't really know it doesn't really mean anything once you hit like 20 GCSEs are irrelevant but everyone does these exams it kind of helps you choose what subjects you do um in sixth form like college just it's just kind of testing everyone's ability to regurgitate matter on an exam really but yeah it's just like standardized tests um that you everyone does at age 16. It's nice to have an expert on the show to explain these things. Let's, let's get to know sports day is a real thing. Because, yeah, I think that that was something that was added in from the comics, having kind of a dramatic rugby game and race at the end. But also, I, I totally understand it. And I quite like the way that Charlie's able to have kind of a triumphant moment in the race and the way that Nick's able to walk away from the rugby team for a moment. So even though it felt kind of amped up for TV, it also was just 
of course, done expertly well. Alice Osman is a fantastic writer, so she was able to put together an awesome ending. Sorry, it just struck me when you said the rugby game. I, I've never seen rugby played at a sports day. And I I don't know if it's just my experience at school, but I don't think rugby is as big a thing as it's made out to be. That could be different in other places, but like I've never played rugby once in my life. I've never ex- met anybody until university that like yeah played rugby at school but it's fun regardless <laughs> good well we won't ask you to explain all the rules of rugby for us but no not <laughs> that was also the, all the rugby scenes i was at a complete loss as to what was going on but I, I get the concept run around and hit each other right like um so it sounds like of course we're all highly hoping for a season two if netflix executives are listening we that's what we want. Give it to us, Netflix. And of course, there are, are graphic novels to pull from. There's a story that already exists as we move into season two, though, just from what you saw in the, the TV series, are there anything that you two want to see? Are there things that you're looking forward to them exploring in more detail? What are your hopes for for another another season of Heartstopper? This is going to sound really, really odd, but I would like to see more of Ben and charlie's relationship like how that happened i know we got a little bit of it from ben saying hey like i just did it to feel sorry for you and them texting in secret but the way they kind of started it i didn't really understand how it came to be so even though i know the focus is definitely going to be on charlie and nick I definitely would like to see how the Charlie and Ben come into play or how it did happen, because I have a feeling I'd like I obviously haven't read the graphic novels, but I think it might come up in a way or that Ben might bring it up in some way, maybe to hurt Charlie in the future. I would love to see it done as like an apology i would love to see a redemption arc for ben i guess or i don't know maybe maybe other maybe not everyone agrees i mean we could also leave ben in the dust but i just thought that actor did such a fantastic job in those scenes that that ben was in they were they were so tense and you could see just the the effect that it was having on charlie just when ben would enter the room like and and so i thought that actor did such a great job in in playing an antagonistic role it would be interesting to see if perhaps we could give a redemption arc to to that character in some way eleanor what were what are some of your hopes for a season two I really hope we get to see more of Isaac. Um, as you said before, he's a little background character and I love him. I love his little like little expressions, like micro expressions and just seeing him sat there reading and just, yeah, I want to see a bit more about him. I want to know more about him and his character and what's his life's like and more of his reading list also would be fantastic. And I want to see the town L dynamic, what's going to go on there. I want to see more of Nick figuring out who he is and learning to be comfortable in his own skin all of the progression I want to see I want to see everything I want to know everything about everybody maybe some new characters maybe will maybe will come in that'll be quite fun to throw in another another dynamic yeah lots of options 
Definitely. Uh, as for me in season two, I kind of know what to expect is coming in the graphic novels. So I, I hope they just continue on uh, staying true to what's there because I think it's great there without giving any spoilers. As the series continues, you'll see Charlie continuing to deal with his anxiety and different ways that that manifests, you know, and, and it continues to be a support for him as the series explores a little bit into mental health. And that and it's done so well in the graphic novel. So I'd love to see that as well as in the graphic novel series. Nick has an older brother who's away at college and a father who isn't always present in his life, doesn't visit. They have kind of a troubled relationship. And so Nick kind of has to do a second round of coming out or connecting with family members, etc. So that was really well done as well. And I'd love to see again that done on screen as well as i'll say similar to more screen time for isaac i'd love to see more screen time for tori she has a few moments and she doesn't play a huge role but she does have a moment here or there that just stands out in the graphic novel series she always has something funny or supportive or to say she's just a great great sibling character so i'd love to see her continue to play a role well is there anything else that we want to say about heartstopper before we wrap up this episode I just love it. I finished it in like a little bit over a day. Yeah, it's just just a really great watch. Just highly recommended for literally anybody. I agree. Give us more. That's that's our, our takeaway. Well, thank you for listening. And if you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can follow the show on Twitter at bookmarkedya and follow the site too, bookstack.com. There continues to be awesome book reviews and news posts being posted all the time. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So come find us and reach out, talk to us, share with us, give us your thoughts on Heartstopper. We would love to hear from you if you want to follow any of the hosts individually um, you can find me online on twitter um, at spencer b miller and on instagram at ya canada books eleanor where can listeners find you online uh, you can find me on instagram at words.and.wanderings or twitter is at words underscore wonder wonders perfect and mary where can listeners find you they can find me on instagram no, I'm sorry. They can find me on Twitter at M-K-T-E-M-K-T-E-D-E-E. Perfect. And again, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Awesome. I think we made it. <laughs> Yay! That was really fun. I'm glad yeah. we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I'm going to click stop recording and then.